umbrellas, Yeti cups, sippy cups, um, jackets, shoes. We've even found shoes. Bibles. You name it. We have... Oh, my husband has a drawer full of sunglasses. So if you left your sunglasses, no, they, he said they're there, his now, but you can go talk to him about that. And uh, maybe he'll give it back to you. <laughs> but after a while, we do give it to the homeless and get rid of it because we can't keep stuff forever because it builds up. So we lose things. And uh, it reminds me of a funny story. Y'all may have heard this one, but... Um, I was at the mall shopping with my husband, and, and uh, Joseph was little. He was a little toddler. And you know how kids like to get underneath the clothes racks and stuff like that. So I always had a fear of losing my children in the mall. And, well, here we are. And I'm like, where's Joseph? And I'm like, frantic, where's Joseph? And Butch says, Sue, he's on your hip. I mean, you know, you know, mamas, y'all know how it is. You hold them so much, they become part of your body, and you forget that they're on your hip. And then we're driving down the street one day, and Butch goes, Sue, where's my phone? And I'm like, I don't know, and I'm, and I'm looking through my purse. He said, hurry up, Sue, I need my phone. And he's got it on his ear. <laughs> Anybody ever did that before? But it is such a relief, you know, when, you, when you're missing something or somebody and you find it or you find them. you just like, oh, thank God I found that. I mean, we've lost so many things over the years and found them. I mean, miraculously, in New Orleans, he, not lost, but it was lost to us, but somebody, the bus boy that was cleaning up the table stole his cell phone. The same day, his iPad was stolen from our car, which we forgot to lock, behind Cafe Du Monde in New Orleans. Somebody just pulled the door and opened it up and took, took his iPad and the, and the computer, and we recovered everything in one day. Everything. That was miraculous to get all that. We found it. It was given back to us because we prayed, and God heard our prayers. So anyway, as a mama, as mamas, and really this message could apply to anybody, not just mothers. This could apply to daddies and single people and anybody, children. But losing, I'm talking about lost and found. And as mamas especially, we can lose us. You can lose you. You can lose you. <laughs> Anybody ever lost themselves? <laughs> you, 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 you get so wrapped up in the daily grind and the taking care of the children and washing and cleaning and cooking and running people to school and to dancing and gymnastics and, and, and you forget who you are. You lose sight. You have a warped identity all of a sudden because you don't even know if you're coming or if you're going. I hear people saying that all the time. I just hear people, I was at somewhere the other day and a lady said, uh, oh, yay, they canceled the ball game. That was the day that it started flooding. And she said, oh, they canceled the ball game. She said, 
I've been going to four ball games a week. She must probably have two or three children playing ball, but just so busy, so busy. And the word lost in the Greek means damaged, destroyed, or cast away. So we don't even realize it, that our identity becomes damaged at times. It becomes even destroyed. We don't even know what it is anymore and, and cast away from us where we don't see it. We don't recognize it anymore. Mothers' identities can be lost in their children. And, and, and you'll hear, or this is what a mom would say who's lost identity in children, like, I'm, I'm the mom of children who go to this school, or I'm the mom of honor students, or I am the mom of a baseball player, or of uh, somebody who does gymnastics, or dance, or sing. I'm the mom of somebody who sings. You know, and, and that's women's and mom's identities, and men, too, can be in their children. They don't, even, they don't even know who they are. It's just everything about their children. It's all about the children. Uh, we can lose our identity in a divorce or in a tragic event or somebody dying or somebody hurting us, and we get offended, and then that's all we talk about and that's all we think about and that's who we are now. Or how about this? We can lose identity in our husbands. I mean, just <laughs> taking care of those men. Sorry. <laughs> That's all we do is just take care. I take care of my husband. We can lose it in a career, a talent, a hobby. How about this? I am an American. I'm a Cajun, like the swamp people. <laughs> I'm like, do you, would you believe when we went to Cambodia for the first time, these, these young men in a van, like it didn't have air conditioning or anything. It was like run down and we just all crammed into this old van and we were sitting there. I don't think I was even on a seat. I was on like a bucket turned upside down. <laughs> and when, as soon as we got in the van, they said, where y'all from? And we said, um, we're from Louisiana. And they said, swamp people. <laughs> So our Worst identity can be in the swamp people. <laughs> and, and our ancestry is French. I always thought I was French. And I did my DNA, and I found out I was British, Greek, and Italian. <laughs> Hello. That's why I use my hands so much. I didn't know it. I don't look Italian, but uh, we think of ourselves in terms of where we live, what we eat, what we possess, what we do in life. What we, and also what, is, what we believe and what's expected of us. You know, we ha have expectations put on us and we can find our identity in that. We want to please everybody all the time. Anybody ever did that? That's me. As a pastor's wife, there's expectations of who a pastor's wife is supposed to be. And, it, <laughs> and if I don't measure up to that, I, I've, I lose my identity at times in that. And we can't allow that to happen to us as mamas, as women, as men, whoever we are. We create our own identity and we lose sight of who we are. So when we lose something, what do we need to do? We need to find it. So...
I have a story to tell. <laughs> Last weekend, y'all don't y'all y'all don't even have a clue about this. Some might, but um, when we had our 20th anniversary, it was such a wonderful celebration. <laughs> and I was so. I mean, it was so wonderful to see people we haven't seen in a long time and just loving everybody and just, you know, just, it was so awesome. And so then when it was, and I had rented these uh, inflatables and I was so excited about it because I got a really good deal on them. And I mean, an 18 foot slide and a, and a jumpy house, like bigger than the normal ones. And, <laughs> And I was so excited about them. I was so excited that the kids were going to be so happy about them. And so I was like probably one of the last people in here. Everybody else had gone over there to eat. Okay, I had a headache because I had cried. And when I cry, it, I get a headache sometimes. And so I was, I was having a headache. I was starving. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to eat. I can't wait to just go sit down and eat and just talk to people and just have a good time. So I get over there and I got my plate of food. I think I was maybe one of the last people being served. And so I got my plate and I went put it by him and I was like, oh yes. And I said, wait, let me go outside and check on the inflatables. So I went out that door and I was so excited because they set them up right by the door where we, the parents could see their children because the parents were supposed to be watching their they children. Remember. <laughs> so, so anyway, I walked out the door and the first thing I see is the slide flat on the ground. And I was like, what? And my first thought was, oh my, I hope no children were caught in that thing some kind of way. I mean, I just, and then I said, no, Susan, no, because if it goes down, it's just going to be like the Twin Towers just go down. People will be on top, and they just ride the thing all the way down, you know, and so I'm like, okay, that was bad enough. So then I started trying to find plugs to go do something. I didn't know what to do. Thank God, Ryan, where's Ryan? It just went to the back. Ryan. Oh. Anyway, Ryan, Jenna's husband. Is Jenna here? Jenna. You tell him what I said. Uh, Ryan happened to be out there, and he came to my rescue, and I, he said, okay, it must have blown a breaker. we got to find another, another place to plug it in. So we went and plugged it, and, um, and I think Thomas ended up out there too at some point, and my husband, but you didn't come out right away. I mean, let me just tell the story. And so, okay, so we found another one to plug it into, and so... While all this is going on, I'm looking at the jumpy thing. They had like a ton of kids in it. And I'm thinking, no, there's too many kids in this thing right now. So I was freaking out about that. Like, oh, no, where's the parents? Where's the parents? I mean, there, was, there were some out there. And they, they were some, there were some parents out there. Uh, and so right when I was thinking there's too many kids in this thing, the thing starts to deflate with the kids in it. And I'm like, no, this is not happening. And so I panicked and I said, get out, get out. <laughs> so if anybody saw me doing that, I'm not a crazy woman. I'm just, I'm thinking these kids are going to smother underneath this plastic. And they had these big old 
bolster-looking things that blew up with air that they would run into or, in, you know, they would go through like a maze. And I'm thinking, all this plastic big things are going to fall on top of a kid, and we're not going to find them. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I'm just frantic, and I'm like, get out. And then I said, okay, let me go get Butch. So I ran into my plate of food, getting cold right there, and I said, Butch, come in, come, come out. The kid's jumpy thing is falling on top of him, Harry. And so, and I'm trying not to, not to let everybody know, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, he, so he comes out, Thomas comes out at that point, I think. And uh, they start trying to figure it all out. Well, I'm standing there, so while all this is going on, all the kids... Got, Butch started pulling up the netting, and I said, Butch, could it be somebody under there? Please get them out. I mean, I, I don't want our children to get hurt. And some of them were my grandchildren. Hello. And, <laughs> and so, uh, he, so he's pulling up things, and kids are constantly coming. I don't know how, how they got all those kids in that thing. And I was thinking, if there's somebody caught under there and we don't know it, what are we going to do? What? Oh, yeah, and so while I'm standing there just frantic thinking, if there's a child in there, I will just, oh, God, we got to get, we got to check. I said, Butch, check it all. Get in there and check the whole thing. (laughs) And so he was, like, standing on top of it doing stuff, and Grace comes out, let's take a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so I'm like, I said, Butch, I cannot take a picture right now. I said, I, I can't even smile. How can I take a picture? I said, how can I act like everything's okay when there's a, should be, there could be a child in that thing right now? And he said, Sue, just pose, just pose. So put the picture up, Selwyn. So I got the picture to prove how many kids were in that thing. <laughs> yes. You see why I was so upset? Okay, three of them are my grandchildren. So anyway, um, they did the whole thing. They got the thing up again. So I finally, oh, I was like, Jesus, thank you. I finally go in and sit down. My food is all cold. And my husband had left, and he left me with two people that don't know each other and nobody's talking to them. <laughs> and as a pastor's wife, you know what's expected. <laughs> so I had to talk with a headache, and then one of them left and left me with the other person, and then I, I wanted to go talk to people. I mean, I wanted to go greet some people after my legs finally got their strength back from, from the whole ordeal. And so... I'm not done. I don't have that message yet. I mean, I'm not to that point. And so then I brought, I brought the girl that I was talking to to Miss Sandra. <laughs> I said, Miss Sandra, this is so-and-so. Would she needs, can she talk to you right now? <laughs> so, what you call it? What you call something in roll? Uh, pick, and roll. pick and roll. You got to pick and roll. Move to the next person. <laughs> so anyway... Um, That was that. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, Paul, to the Philippians. (laughs) Paul was uh, 
he says in Philippians chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 1, uh, he, he's talking about himself, that he was circumcised, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, he was a Pharisee, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, he kept the letter of the law, persecuting the church. But then something happened to Paul, and I want to read that to you in verse 7. He said, but what things were gain to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, it's all about losing something, okay, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be, and these are the three words that I read one day, found in him. So we have to be found in him. Drink something. So, all these things that Paul was doing as a Pharisee, as a Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, he, he did a lot of good things, but it was all just legalistic. It was all have to live by the letter of the law. I got to keep my ducks in a row. I can't mess up. I have to keep every law, I have to keep everything perfect. And, and that's how we are as mamas a lot of times. We think we have to do it all, and we have to do it just right. And if, uh, you know, we, we feel like we're going to mess up our kids if we don't do it just right and just perfect, or if we get upset and we fly off the handle, and, you know, don't say a curse word, though. I'm just telling you. <laughs> don't curse, and don't holler at your children. But, you know, sometimes we do get aggravated. And, uh, but... If we don't do everything just right, we think that we, you know, we, we, we become this person that we don't even know who we are and that we even should not be. We have a warped identity of ourselves. And Paul said we need to be found in him. And it only comes through Jesus Christ and what he says about us. Our identity is in him. In the Greek New Testament, the word found means get, obtain, perceive, and see. So I like to put perceive and see first because if you can have the right perception of who you are in Christ and you can see it, then you can get it, you can obtain it, and you can gain it. Amen? Paul found his identity in Christ. We have to see it by faith. Uh, another thing that happened was, this is the rest of the story. So, so, well, this was actually before I went eat. This happened, and I forgot that. But I was standing there looking at the thing that was deflated. This was before it, it came back up and all the kids got back in. <laughs> and right after, Grace took the picture I'm standing there and looking at the deflated thing, thinking, there still could be a kid in there. I mean, Lord, please. Don't, I mean, Lord. Okay, it's all okay. I'm calming myself down. Then Anna Coffee runs outside, and she says, I can't find Cody. Where's Cody? <laughs> she said, I, I can't find him. I don't know where he is. And I said, you don't know where he is? <laughs> Okay, so 
So, <laughs> so I wouldn't panic at that point. I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go inside and find his parents. Fast. Real fast. So, I mean, I, walk, I was walking. I was walking in the fellowship hall looking for Daphne, Jeremy. And I saw them sitting at the end of a table, and I said, okay, he's got to be around here somewhere by his parents. And sure enough, there he was running around. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. So anyway, the point I'm making with that is we got to go to the source. The source were his parents. They were taking care of him. Maybe Anna was supposed to be <laughs> at the moment, but, but he, was, he was around his daddy and his mama. And we need to get around our daddy and let him tell us it's going to be okay. I'm your source. Plug into my power, and I'm going to inflate you. I'm going to make you what you need to be. You're going to start looking like what you're supposed to look like. That, that, that thing that deflated looked pitiful. I'm not kidding. It's just a sad-looking thing when those things deflate. And that's how we get as, as mamas and daddies at times. We just, life deflates us. And we, you know, you better find the source and plug in. That's all I can say. You better plug in to the power. Uh, Paul said it like this. He said, I'm going to lay hold of that which laid hold of me, that Christ laid hold of me. I'm going to lay hold of it myself. That's what we need. Uh, in Philippians 3, 9, uh, it says, not having, this was, this was the verse right after found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So it's faith. You know, if I had just, I mean, I felt like the Cody thing, I was getting it together. I'm not kidding. I was getting it together at that point. I mean, it could have sent me over the edge. But, but I, I got a hold of, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you that that boy is with his parents right now. He's not underneath that thing. And so it's by faith. Okay, so who am I? I am a Christian first. Okay, we're not a mama first. We're not a daddy first. We are Christians first. My passport may say I'm a U.S. citizen. I have a cultural heritage. I'm a Cajun. I have an awesome husband. I have beautiful, smart children. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. But my primary identity is in Christ because we are united to him through his death and resurrection. We are in Christ. Amen? So who we are in Christ never changes. And we, you know, we can't feel threatened, you know, when somebody looks at us in the wrong way or labels us something, you know, that's not of God. We have to remember who we are in Christ. We have to perceive and see. Remember found, the definition of found, that's part of it, to perceive and to see. So we have to have the right perception of who we are. It's not what the world says. It's not what your, your uh, relatives say. It's not what the person who is angry with you says. It is what God says about us. 
I am no longer defined by who I am, but whose I am. So who's your daddy? (laughs) Who is your daddy? (laughs) Who's your daddy? My daddy is Almighty God. Listen, this is what he said in Isaiah 43, 1. God said, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. We are his. He said we are his. In Exodus 3.14, God said, I am who I am. And you know what I am means? I mean, when he said that, he means I am your savior. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your comforter. I am your peace. I am your joy. He is everything and anything we would ever have a need of that pertains to life and godliness, of course. I am who I am. He's everything. Every hat we wear and role we play must be viewed through the perspective that we are found in him. Just keep that perspective. We're found in him. Just like Cody was found with his parents. He was found in, they are the ones who created him. Well, God created him, but you know. They are the source of the ones who had him. Um, He's the great I am. He's everything that we need. When we find Jesus, we have found something worth losing everything for. Did y'all get that? Let me say it again. When we find Jesus, we have found something worth worth losing everything for. He's the great I am. So if we are made in his image, aren't we? We made in the image of God, and he is... He said, I am who I am, and he said, we are his. Then our identity is in everything that he is. I know that's a lot of stuff about him and I am, but our identity should be in everything that he is. So just how do we know what he is? It's in his word. We have to get his word uh, on what, who he is and who he says we are. In him. Y'all got that? But let's say you're not feeling it today. (laughs) Sometimes we're just not feeling it. Well, you can't go by your feelings. You go by what he said about you. You trust him. You have faith in him, not what the circumstances are, not what people have done, not what your kids did today that you're like, oh, I cannot believe you did that. We trust what he says about us. And we have to rehearse the word of God. In Romans 12, 2, Lainey, she used my scripture. We, are, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's all what we think. It's all a perception. It's all what we see in the word about ourselves that gives us that identity so that we will no longer be lost Like the prodigal son was, he once was lost, but now he's found. And we once were lost, I mean, literally lost without Jesus. And then we've been lost without an, an identity of who we are in Christ, but now we're found. Is your confidence in what you do or who he is? So, that's... 
We're going to end right here. Uh, first of all, I want to make sure everybody in this place is plugged into the, the source. And the way you get plugged into the source so you don't deflate in life is you give your life to Jesus. So if, if there's anybody in this place who has never asked Jesus to be the Lord of their lives, you know, you might have just hoped you would go to heaven, you know, and you're not sure. You just hope you're going to go to heaven. You hope that when you die, that's where you're going to go. But you're not really sure. Let's, let's everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to give people in this room an opportunity to, uh, to make sure they're plugged in to the power source, which is God, which is Jesus Christ. And the first thing that needs to be done is uh, we need to repent of our sins. And we're going to do that in just a minute. But if you have never uh, publicly confessed Jesus as Lord and you'd like to do that, I'm not going to call you out, but if everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you want to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are going to go to heaven when you leave this earth, just raise your hand and I'm going to pray a prayer over the whole congregation. We're going to pray it together. Anybody? Anybody not sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? Okay, I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, just be bold. This is an opportunity that you may not have real soon again for somebody to ask you that question. Anybody else? Just raise your hand if you have never... I see your hand, young lady. You've never, I see your hand back there. Oh, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Look, when you pray this prayer that we're about to pray, you're going to feel like a weight has lifted off of your shoulders and just that heaviness is going to leave and you're going to feel so light and just like your sins are forgiven. You know, your sins are forgiven and you know you have an assurance that you're right with God, that you plugged into the, the power source from on high. Well, let's just pray this prayer together for those who lifted their hands. And if you didn't and you, you wish you would have, you can pray this prayer anyway. It's okay. Just mean it from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to make me a new person today. All, all old things have passed away and everything has become new because I am accepting you as my Lord and my Savior. So I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and so I am saved. And I accept that and receive it today. Accept that and receive it today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a big hand clap. And I have one more thing I want to say. Um, I typed up a, a sheet that says, Who am I? And it's, it's just some little short scriptures that you can confess over yourself, like, 
For instance, it says, I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I am chosen by you, my Father. I am holy and without blame. I am your child according to the good pleasure of your will. I am accepted in the beloved. I am a citizen of heaven. Let's see. I am light. I walk in love. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am healed. I am free. I am sanctified. It's just a confession that you can... You can speak over yourself every day and you will see a change in the way that you look at yourself and you look at life. I guarantee you because the Word of God is powerful and effective and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. So that Word, I'm telling you, you might think it's just nothing, but the Word of God is powerful. And that will plug you in to the great power source on high if you do this. So I left them on the table in the lobby. So before you leave today, please pick up one. And that's your homework. That's your homework as you leave. So I'm finished. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, Sue. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Uh, we encourage you to continue the walk of faith in Christ Jesus. And we will have, we will see you Wednesday night. We have a special guest here. His name is Jeremy uh, Fontenot. And Danielle Fontenot, uh, we'd like all the students to be here also, but everybody's invited. And uh, the students are going to do something special uh, Wednesday night, so you need to come. You need to be a part of this. Seems like nobody wants to leave. If you need special prayer, you're welcome to come up right now. Uh, if God did heal you in the service, we'd love to hear about it. If God worked um, something in you or something out of you doing our reunion meetings we would love to hear what the lord's doing in your life you're welcome to come up right now <clears throat> other than that you are dismissed <laughs>